Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back for the second time to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. Uh, special shout out to the people on YouTube. We're going to hear the first 15 minutes of the show over again. You're not crazy. We're really going to do this twice. So insert 30 seconds of small talk about Gordon being in Pennsylvania here. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on Spotify right now or on the website, you're not going to know what I actually talked about for 15 minutes. But now I'm going to retalk about it. I'm in Philadelphia. I'm in a hotel. Look, see my skyline. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Check it out. There it is. Very high up, 37th floor. Uh, I'm Ooh. staying at the W if you guys want to find me. Anyway, wedding tonight. <laughs> Friend watching them get married. I'm happy they're getting married in Philadelphia. Perfect place. They're not even from Philly. One is from San Antonio. The is from New York City. And they're getting married in Philadelphia. Perfect. I think they just chose it for me. So, uh, yeah. Love That's where I am. And... Today, we're going to talk about Diamond League and other things. <laughs> we're talking about Diamond League, field event format going back. We'll talk about Pete Julian naming his group finally, or a name being given to Pete Julian's group finally. And then we'll do some end of year awards. Shout out in the chat, Tom, super chat, also member of Kevin's Kings. Remember, if you want to join, you want to be a member, want to get that exclusive content, uh, badges, gifts, all that fun stuff, click that join button at the bottom of the Flowtrack podcast YouTube page or underneath this video as well too. It's gonna to be a lot of fun. And I see Tom's art, he's got the the Kevin uh, graphic in there already. This is awesome, this is amazing. And I, you know, he may or may not, his super chat may or may not have crashed the feed. So may, you have those abilities potentially too. If you, if you just don't like something that Gordon's saying, you just boom, hit a button and we have to start all over again, and Cole gets really upset and wishes he never left Manhattan, Kansas. So Diamond League, new format, mm-hmm. four jumps. It's basically the same as all the other normal formats of track and field. No more best jump or throw in the final round wins. It's the best jump or throw over the final six, overall six of, throughout all, the entire competition. 
So yep. we're back to normal. I think the big change here is they're planning on pausing the track meet for the final round of throws, which is a great thing for throws fans, jumps fans, and track and field fans as a whole. Because let's be honest, a big obstacle for watching track and field is mm-hmm. it. There's I personally think there's too many events, and people just naturally aren't going to be invested in eight different sports all at once. It's just mm-hmm. a part of the reality of our sport. And so because of that, we end up getting very segmented. You have people who are diehard sprint fans. Obviously, there's a huge distance running community. There's a, you know, the throws community, the jumps community. And now there mm-hmm. is people who are super fans and it overlaps and it's like perfect. And this is their utopia of track and field. But if we're being honest, there are people who come in, they want to watch the 100. And then when a steeplechase is going on, they're getting up and going to the bathroom. And then there's mm-hmm. people who do the exact opposite. Steeplechase is on. We're watching this. We want to see how fast we go. What, what's the pace? What's going on? I want to see all of it. And the uh, people who are waiting for Shakari Richardson to run the 200, they're, you know, grabbing a cup yeah. of coffee. Uh, and I think this is a big issue for people who are big fans of field events because distance fans love to complain. Why are you going to commercial during the middle of a 10K, during the middle of 5K? Yeah. That's compared to why do you never show our actual event? You would just see yeah. a highlight after the event an hour later. So it's good that we're showing actual live field events and not just replay field events. So and an innovation that helped improve this was broadcasters started doing different channels that were dedicated specifically to the event because they figured, hey, it's just impossible to squeeze everything in a main broadcast. So here, here's your triple jump feed. Here's your shot put feed. Here's your long jump feed. Here's your pole vault feed. Go crazy. But that doesn't exist for every single meet. And for the Diamond League, yeah, they're going to try to pause and have the final three. Now, for the final three, again, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see the winning jump or throw because that could come anywhere in the competition, which is a change here. Before, they would say, hey, it's it's got to be in the final three, which had a lot of pushback because someone could have a vastly superior mark and then lose but you're right people do have their strong preferences in track and field famously sacramento the sprints end they're out of there that's it the 10k's last there's 12 people in the stands um more than 12 but you get my point but the thing with field events is field events are just this omnipresent thing that's always going on in track meets and yeah even if you're a diehard track fan it's hard to ignore what's going on on the track but then as soon as the moment the running event happens you're like oh wait mondo's vaulting oh let me go check that out and especially if you're in person your eyes are going back and forth like you're watching a tennis rally like switching between this thing and that thing and it's cool because you see these random bits of awesomeness but you very rarely unless you're zeroed in on that unless you're very focused on or unless you're watching at home one of those dedicated feeds you're rarely watching the entire competition start to finish with all the context that's involved in it and i think that is something that makes it so much more enjoyable is watching it from beginning to end because you know you can quickly turn over and be like whoa krauser just chucked the world record but then like, all right, well, what else happened like i don't know but krauser just threw the world record that's that's pretty awesome because you're not really watching it whereas running events you're, you're getting it all at once it happens um in in tandem with each other so you're able to actually see the entire event so it's something that's unique about field events something that they're 
trying to fix here. I mean, do you like the fact that they're at least attempting it? Do you see any hiccups potentially to this? You're going to go live and see, watch three fouls. That was entertaining. I just saw three people foul in the final round. and That's true. You, That's true. Like, it's like, okay, whoa. And, I mean, in order to make it fun, you have to actually watch the whole thing. I, I mean, I have a lot of ideas that you could do. Like, let first of all, what about putting a line in the sand and treating the long jump and the triple jump like the way you treat high jump and pole vault? Or, and same thing with shot put. So you got to throw it or jump over this line, and then you move on to the next round. And the line gets farther and farther away. Last one to survive wins, similar to high mm -hmm. jump and pole vault. Another idea, what if you did it? Hey, you get six jumps, and you're allowed two fouls, and we add up your four jumps, and the longest distance total wins. So basically, it rewards people who are consistent, not just have one jump and then five fouls. You got to have four good jumps, and so it's basically you keep on. Mm -hmm. Who can this combine? That's an idea. And then my favorite idea, which I just thought of, would be <laughs> I want eight runways next to mm. each other. And yep. I want all eight long jumpers to long jump at the same time. Gotcha. And I see, and then you can visually see who went the furthest, like yeah. the hundred meter dash. You have the hundred, you have the long jump event. And it ha they all get one jump. We're we're lining up. They're ready to go. We see it, and then we see who was the furthest, and then they're a winner. I like that each one of those ideas was unique, and each one was uniquely bad in in its own different way. <laughs> Like that, oh, that was impressive because you picked one where there's logistically no possible chance of it happening due to space. You picked one that would make it take forever, which they're trying to get away from. And then you picked one where you add up the total marks. So to create some huge number that has no context at all. How far did you throw the shot today? Oh, I threw it 140.7 combined meters. Yeah. I mean, why are we doing – I mean, well, what's the whole point of having six attempts? It's because they want – they realize that – you need six yeah. tries to get to your best, right? But like, hey, what? But then that opens up an a, a comp, like potential of five six of your event being right, boring because right. people are just throwing short or jumping short or fouling, right? So make them say, hey, no more. You can't foul no more. You got to be good for four out of six and take forever. No, it would if you if you put a line in the sand or a line out in the field for a javelin or shot put. Let me just take this pole vault and high jump. Well, I know, but the whole point, the only way this works is because you have definitive time windows to do the final three because you just get six attempts. And if you go to the high jump or pole vault method, things are going to be going on for a very long time, or at least it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable when it would, when it would end. Um, Tampa Eagle says Gordon is insane, and that's a member of your uh, – your, your group there. That's the first member of uh, Gordon's goons. Anthony says, can you explain the other changes they made? That's pretty much it. So basically, um, the leader is going to go first. That's the other different thing. Usually the leader goes last. So they're going to put the leader first. And only the top three get that final attempt. But everybody else gets five. But the winning mark it, and the second best mark and the third best mark uh, comes from anywhere in the competition. So Yes, you're going to see probably those final three because it looks like they're going to stop everything else on the track. But the winning mark may not come from that. Um, how about the best person going first instead of last? Do you like that or not like that? 
I mean, I understand the point point of it because you don't want the person to be able to do a to pass. swan song jump at the end or a pass at the end, right? You want them to have to try to win and argue like, oh, you want to give the competitive advantage to the person who's in the lead. Well, so I I don't know. I th- would you purposely not jump as far so you can go last? Probably no. not, right? No. You'd still It'd be just pretty jump difficult as far to as pull off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You wouldn't try to sandbag, so. You'll still see people scratch jumps because they'll be or throws because they'll be so confident in themselves that they'll still that they'll still pass. But yeah, you're trying to squeeze out that one last that one last throw um, from them, or just increase it by one. So I I like it. Yeah, it's weird because you're putting yourself almost at a at a disadvantage. But I'm not an athlete. I'm looking at this from the perspective of a spectator. I like it. I've seen way too many passes or intentional fouls in the last mark. I want to see it happen. Um, uh, Anthony says, "Can of course Gordon is insane. Can you imagine Gordon putting on an event? It would be chaos. I would go to that event, though. As much as I criticize Gordon's events, I would go to the first ever Gordon's Goons track meet because it would be in, in completely unpredictable and make no sense at all. There would be scores. It would be like the scores in Space Jam. Um, when you get bonus points and the, the goon squad is up 1200 to 75 at halftime. That's how it would be. And no one would know what's going on, but I would go to your track meet, Gordon, if you had one. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, let's move on. P. Julian's group. They got a name. Union Athletic Club. It's been a while. You know, the Nike Organ Project was disbanded a while ago, and we kept thinking, hey, when are we going to see this new team name? They came out with a logo a little while ago. I remember last year, or earlier this year, in February, March, whenever that meet in Austin was, I asked Pete Julian about it. Hey, do you have a team name? Is it going to be called Pete's Dragons? Is it going to be called Phil's Knights? What's it going to be called? He said they were they were close to coming up with something, but didn't know. And now, finally, we we have it, and it's Union Athletics club union athletics club we went through the era of everything being called project for a while remember that everything that cropped up was project now everything i guess is going to be athletic club what do you think i don't like it when american-based groups use the phrase athletics you know you're stop trying to act like you're european like that's what they're doing they're like oh athletic like we don't call it athletics. No one in the NCAA, no one in high school doesn't call it athletics. That's it's in America. Now, I get it. They do. They are more of an international group, right? They do have mm-hmm. some Australians on their team. So I can see it from that perspective. Like, hey, in Australia, we call it athletics. We don't call it track and field. But I feel like using the word athletics is a way to kind of have this, like, vibe of, like, this, you know, like – it's soccer word is it's yeah soccer yeah it's soccer and just i don't know it's a it's it's a track club guys that's what it is you're running track okay you're not you're not so playing athletics it, there's no triple jumper in pete's group you know, there's no rower in pete's group they're all middle distance runners so mm-hmm. it's a track club the other i'm thinking of older like the new york athletic club right that was like lit, like they do other sports too so that to me yeah. made made sense of oh yeah this is just an all-encompassing umbrella term but if it's just a group that does track and field and mid distance and distance specifically it does sound off do you would you have, if it was union track club would you have liked that 
No, I would then I wouldn't like the word union. I'm just trying yeah. to, I'm being an I'm being a dick right now. I'm trying to be an asshole. I'm trying to I'm not I'm trying to poke holes at it. It's it's a fine name. It's great. We'll learn love it. It's gonna be Donovan Brazier wearing it, winning multiple medals, representing Union Athletics Club, and it's gonna be fine. I mean, it's just a name at the end of the day. I don't flip out that it's the Bowerman Track Club instead of the Phil Knight Track Club, like whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh I'm just for the sake of conversation, nitpick the word. So here's the thing. It's very down the middle. Like I don't think it's very polarizing, except for you. But th- that's the name that you come up with if you're waiting a month or two. The problem is when you build the suspense after about a year of this to come up with something that plain is disappointing. I was hoping – and you saw the, lo- the logo looked pretty cool with the torch in it. I thought we'd see something different. I thought we'd see something what? a little bit more ambitious. And instead – you know, you get the athletics club framing, which I don't have as much problem with you do uh, as, as you do with athletics versus track and field. I think, though, the athletics club framing is just sort of worn out at this point. It's played out a bit at this point. And also, it's not an it's not an athletics club. Like, there's no club. Like, can you join? Can I jump? Like, it's not. And it's yeah. only a few people. It, it's not even, a, you know, ba- see, the thing with Bowerman Track Club, they have a youth group they have a sub elite group it kind of works because they have this this whole um this whole structure in place and they have a lot of participants and and the kids wear the jerseys and stuff this i don't know if they're going to turn it into that if they do then then i change my mind but it just yeah this is a this is a one month name this isn't a hey we've been in trying to figure this out for a year name why did they choose the word union is that like represented something I made me think it, of the Philadelphia Union, your favorite MLS team. That's what it made me think yeah. of. I don't know. I mean, well, if they would have just went like wild and like verge away from like well, remember our idea track words and just be like the way like everyone's like you're gonna call your team name the Pelicans and you're like yeah now everyone likes New Orleans Pelicans. It's like yeah, it works. do you remember our idea though? Like uh, six months what ago was our for idea? this, what was yeah, our just idea? to name it that, yeah, just to be the Lions. The Lions. Okay, yeah. Just that. And then we thought that they should get, or they should get, and they should have sponsorship from a local Beaverton pizza company on their jerseys. Yes, that, yes. That was our idea. Could To go full Little League, to get back to their roots, where you have a very generic animal name and then a local yeah. sponsor. And if you don't want to do the local sponsor, because you already have Nike as your sponsor, yeah. Just, hey, what are you guys? Oh, we're the Ocelots. Yeah. Representing the, the Ocelots in lane six. Jessica yeah. Hall. I I mean, we're probably going to clip this, right, as an old segment. I don't want, you know, Pete and Donovan and all these people to think that I'm being mean. Because I, I, I don't want to be mean. It's a fine name. It's a great name. Again, I'm just criticizing it for the sake of conversation. It's going to be fine. Are we going to call them the UAC? Is that like UAC? Are they gonna have like By a- the way. You have like Travis NLP? is going to cut the clip right before you apologize for what you said in the clip. So oh, I know. Don't, don't apologize for a name being bad. Of all the things you say, like that's the way you're going to get soft on us, Gordon. Is you don't nice. you don't like the name? You don't like the name. You you're right. After a couple weeks, it will become commonplace. It's the name. The problem is, Bowerman Track Club is a good name. That is a really good name. It it is historical. 
right? It's a it's a fun name to say. It's a name that has gravitas to it. And then BTC is solid. The colors are good. So it's tough competition. Now, when they were Nike Oregon Project, they were one of the first groups that had the whole project thing attached to it. That and and the skull, people really got into that level of branding too. But then once once you lose that name and then you're like, "All right, what's what's our next idea?" It's it's tricky. So I don't think it's going to impact him on the track though. And yeah, do we I guess you say UAC? I my guess is we don't even say it that much. I think we we are going to say for a while Pete Julian's group or being coached by Pete Julian. I think that's what we're going to say. No. It also we're gonna say it. We don't say. When you watch the guess... We watch the video though. It's crazy how much this group has changed. Travis, can you pull the video up again? Um Travis is still there? Like you recognize Brazier, right? But then you see the women's group and it's Ella Donahue, it's Shannon Osika, it's Jessica yeah. Hull who's been there for a couple years, but not the people that you recognize. It's Charlie Hunter, like not seeing, um, and Raven Rogers too, um, but like not seeing some of the the mainstays that we associate with that group. Berries, Hase, yeah, yeah. Craig Engels. Times are changing, man. Times are changing. Yeah, it, yeah, it was interesting. In any event, uh, any last thoughts on UAC? Do you want to apologize again? I apologize again. Again, I, I, I wish the clip would include these apologies, but it's not. I'm going to. He's not even here anymore. Yeah, US and Pete's going to like tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, man, that wasn't cool. And I'm like, ah, I'm trying. I'm trying to apologize ahead of time. So when we'll are see. you going to see him? You're going to see him in Belgrade? When are you going to see Maybe Pete I'll Julian? see him in Belgrade. I'll see him in Belgrade. Am I going to Belgrade? Is that happening? No, you're not going to Belgrade. It's a bit. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think Pete would understand, and I think uh, all those people would be uh, okay with you giving your, your honest opinion. I mean, my, okay. my opinion here, you want my opinion straight up, is, eh, okay. It's cool. fine. It's not it's fine. great. It's not great. It's not horrible. Uh, it's not outside the box. It's not particularly innovative in any way, shape, or form. But you needed a name, and you got a name. And, and there you go. That's what we have. But we talked about it. so. They, they they succeeded there, and I think I think it won't be a big talking point moving forward. Um, but again, I, I think the name BTC I think is still my favorite club name out there until somebody just names their team an animal name, and that's it. You want to go to some best ofs? Yeah, I'm I actually I'm doing one. Thing what are you doing before here? we move. Oh, Tampa Eagle wants to know, is Donovan Brazier healthy? Well, he looked healthy in that video. He's ripping around the track there. So he looks healthy. I don't know, though. I'm not sure. Let's watch the video one more time while we wait for Gordon. Is that Brazier? It's fine. Yeah. I was trying and that, to... looks, that looks fairly new, too. I mean, I guess there's no way of knowing. They could have pulled stock footage, but I'm guessing they shot. Oh, yeah, there he is. Was that him? Running with the women? Go back. Go back. Hold on. Let's go and do a deep dive here. I think he's fine. That's, no, no. Hold on. Hold fine. on. I want to see. Is he running though with with the the women's group there that includes the new people? Because then we know it's from this year. This clip coming up right. Okay, he's not running with Charlie Hunter, right? Wait for it. Wait for it. Where they finish this rep? He there. Is that his arm? <laughs> is that his arm? All right, stop. He was wearing we, a, we, he was wearing an orange shirt before. Uh, is that his arm? We don't know. Okay. Full investigation. Because Osika and right there, right there, the arm, the arm. 
Hold on. So he's red. Go to the front now, Colt. Go, go to the beginning of the video. Was he wearing red? Not that you or orange. Oh no, he's. Oh no, 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 no that, that's him. That's him. Hold on. He's wearing blue right there. Go forward. That yeah. Go back. Go back. That's not him. That's him. Oh, let's see, Colt. That's the wrong spot of the video. I don't know. This is the. I think that's the him right worst, there. You don't the think that's him? The worst audio podcast ever. I think it's great. The people in YouTube. Let's freeze it and enhance. Right there. That's not that's him. There. That's not him. Okay. No, that's like a. A re- that's not Donovan. Forward, 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 Colt. Forward, right. Keep going. There. That's not right. him. That's not him. That okay, go back. Then go back. Go back. There's someone in an orange jersey. Go back, 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 back. Farther. Where is the first one? Is Was he wearing orange? Oh, yeah. We don't know. We'll we never know. know. Oh, there's one blue. I don't just know. text him and ask, hey, man, is he healthy? healthy? Yeah. We'll, actually, that'll be an easier way. Oh, he's wearing orange shorts. Him. Not orange. Yeah, see, I don't know. Very inconclusive at this point, whether or not Donovan is uh, healthy. Do you have his number? Text him. I just wanted to try to help. We had a, we had a, a member. We had a member ask, is he healthy? Uh, he's a member of this podcast community. I wanted to try to figure out if he was. We'll Let's figure it out eventually. Let's recap 2021. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so today I wanted to talk about best race. Uh, biggest surprise, biggest breakthrough, and best rivalry. Um, which category would you like to begin with? Ah. We, about five, we need like five minutes on each. How about that? Yeah, yeah. You go first in every one, and then I'll give you mine. Okay. Um, I'll start with best race. I, I picked men's four-meter hurdles at the Olympics. Uh, it obviously had the build-up there. It had the historic nature where you have not just Warholm, but you have Warholm and Benjamin, and also Dos Santos dropping down and running a historical mark, 4594, 46-17, 46-72. It was amazing. The women's formula hurdles at the meet, same uh, competition, was also incredible. Um, this one I give a little bit of an edge to. Um, Warholm obviously brings incredible excitement. I thought Benjamin might have him. But this race, you know, several years in, in the making and just seeing the sub 46 on the clock. I mean, he broke the world record earlier in the year, but we knew, hey, he's going to have to do it again this year. And, and we talked about the, you know, the ingredients for an all-time race, right? You, it needs to have stakes. It needs to have an all-time mark. And it needs to be competitive. And this one had all that, right? It had the supporting cast there as well, too. It had the co-star in, in Benjamin. So for me, men's four-meter hurdles at the Olympics was my race of the year. Yeah, that race was special. I would argue that race would be like if in 2012, when David Rudisha ran 140 and won, broke the world record mm-hmm. in the Olympic final, imagine if David Rudisha ran 139 in that race. And, that would been Ni- like, and Nigel Amos ran under the old world record and was yeah, right there some, with yeah. 20 meters to go, yeah. That's what would have had to happen in that. I'd look at that race as an all-time race. That's what needed to happen in that race for it to compare to what we saw in the Sporinger hurdles. Because mm-hmm. when you see 45 on a clock, you're like, hey, no, that's not a hurdle time. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to do that. Like We just mentally tell ourselves there are certain areas that you're not supposed to approach. And the fact that he did it in just the buildup, right, with the uh, – Rye Benjamin. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. That was a good race. Yeah. But I will one-up you. You're going to one-up me? 
Well, one more yeah. thing on this before you what up me. Even Rudisha, okay, you could say rank one forty one historic, right? And even though that doesn't have the round number value of going into the one threes, it still was crazy. But there was no doubt in that race who was gonna win. And with the formula hurdles, there was a little bit of doubt. And you could say in retrospect, well, why would you ever think Benjamin could win? Like Warholm's been so good and he, he beat him at in Doha. But come on, it was close. It was a very, very close race and there was some drama versus Rudisha where he goes to the front from the gun and you knew he was gonna win. It was just a matter of how fast. That also that you know, that was obviously a, a great race, an all time race as well, too. But this was better. This was definitely better. Okay, I'm waiting for you to one-up me. What's your best race? My base, best race, was a race that happened in the great state of Utah back in April. It was a, a low-key 4 by 200 meter relay until out of the blue, a dog appeared and ran the final leg in dramatic fashion, the ultimate kick, and took the win over whatever team was in lane three getter kind of was a little bit of like cocky and it showed off mm -hmm. it was like usain bolt level of like celebrating before the finish line and the entire time was just a good boy the entire time there's <laughs> was 12 out of 10 for that dog and uh, that was my favorite race of 2021 i mean was this world home world records are cool and all but have you seen this puppy look at this look at slow-mo look at that lead that she had that yeah. dog was going stride for stride. Boom, take her down in the four by look two. The, so look at the form here. Also, I mean, good job by this runner because the dog cuts her off right at the end and she stays in her lane and doesn't step on the dog either. That was pretty yeah. good for her. It was pretty good. I can't believe that was this year. That was this year, man. 2021. April. It's been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. Okay, so I go with a historic race. You go with a dog race. That's fine. Um, let's go to biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. I went with an event. And, you know, you can talk about, okay, Donovan Brazier didn't make the Olympic team. That was a surprise. You could talk about, you know, Elaine Thompson running 1054. That was a surprise. But I went with the men's 100 as a whole. The reason I did is there were surprises all on the way. There were surprises at the U.S. trials. There were surprises uh, at the Olympics. There were surprises post-Olympics. There was a su surprise in the lead-up to the Olympics. So we had just multiple different versions of this event. And I want to take us back, Gordon, to a debate that we had at the beginning of the outdoor season. And it was, is Lyles or Bromel the favorite for 100-meter gold? And neither of those guys made the final. Neither <laughs> of those guys made the final. Only one guy even made the team. So you start off first with you know, Lyle struggling in the 100. That was a surprise. But then you have the emergence of Fred Curley early on in the season. You have Bromel running phenomenally. And it looks like, hey, U.S. could sweep this thing. You go to trials. You get a solid team for the U.S. with Bromel, with Baker, with Curley. Then you have the actual event. Bromel doesn't look like himself in Tokyo, doesn't make the final. All these people run crazy fast in the semis. 
And then it's Lamont Marcel Jacobs of Italy, someone who most people had not heard of, especially in the context of the 100, winning gold. Italy goes on and wins the 4x1, also surprising, which if you want to extend the 100 to the 4x1. Then post-Olympics, Lamont Jacobs doesn't run at all. And then you have Trayvon Bromel going and then getting a PR at the end of the season. And Fred Curley running exceptionally well. And DeGrasse doing what DeGrasse is doing. But just for the, the trajectory of all those things, or trajectory of all those athletes, some of them up, some of them trending down, all happening at random times, it was a surprising event. If I gave you that top three for the Olympics, you would have said that's crazy. You would have guessed DeGrasse, but you would, there's no way you would have said Jacobs for gold or uh, Fred Curley for, um, for a medal either. So, yeah, I mean, you have Coleman out, Romel back in, Noah Lyles back out, then you have Fred Curley back in, and then you have uh, Curly silver, out. grass bronze. Sorry, I, yeah. I so it's up. like you just Sorry. you just had all these big names surprisingly enter, surprisingly exit. Yeah, you're like, yeah. why is Fred Curley in here? Why? Is Coleman out? You know, it's just all these different things. Oh, I didn't talk about why. Coleman. Yeah, we know why all these things happen. Like Curly's a hell of an athlete. Um, and mm-hmm. Coleman uh, went to get a burrito during the Giants Eagles Monday Night Football game. And yeah, I think maybe he was he was basically the, the the first domino. I feel like him going to get that burrito and not yeah. being back in time for that test in December was what triggered the craziest event of the year which is Canary in the year. Coal mine. yeah and i think it's only gonna get crazier right because none none of these people like are aging out right i mean yeah they're all still in their prime and you're gonna throw in a coleman and you're gonna throw in healthier athletes right so you yeah. have to think that this isn't the last of this craziness i feel like it's gonna get even more crazy well on the u.s side though it looks like you have that we talked about that solid group. Remember we named that eight when we were talking with Marvin Bracey, we had him in the pod because you're thinking Coleman's going to be back, Bromel, Curley, Baker, Bednarik, Bracey, uh, Michael Williams, real young. I mean, he's got a bright future. I'm, I'm probably forgetting someone on the U.S. side. I don't, I don't know if I even named everybody. And then – you throw in the international runners, like you want to see what Jacobs has. Obviously, DeGrasse is consistent, and now he's got the individual gold from the from the two hundred. But yeah, every step of the way was unbreakable. I like the way you, I like the way you described that. Have people entered and exit exited at like the most inopportune times? It was just it was like a it was like an improv skit, like run amok, basically. It's just like people go. I'm I'm here now. I'm out. Like you can trust me now. I'm gone. Like if you took all of our conclusions and all of our opinions that we had on the podcast and made like a supercut of the hundred, it would be all over the place by the time you got to the end of the season. Like the amount of people if, we were confident in is like totally wrong by the end. Imagine going up to you, someone on the street to talk about track. And so you're going to be shocked that Trayvon Bomel doesn't make the Olympic final. And you'd be like, yeah. I'm going to be shocked. The guy ran 10, five this year. He's done. His career is yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. Right, I'm not gonna be shocked that this guy who hasn't run fast in two years is gonna not make the final. But lo and behold, we were shocked because 
because he went on to have incredible 2020 and 2021, and then we were shocked that he didn't make it. So it's like shocked that he's there, shocked that he's not. Shocked, it's just all this craziness. So yeah. Um, someone asked in the chat, "Would you rather have it like this or have one person dominate again?" Oh, I like this better. I don't like one dominating. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to, you know, that there's any given day, it's going to be a different, it's like watching a football game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, any given day, so any, they say any given Sunday, yeah. your team can win and that there's not like a dominant team because it, it's hard to have that type of, I like parity, especially in track. Because when it's the same winner, I mean, it's fun when there's no parody when that person who's winning is like chasing records. That's cool because then you're like, oh, yeah. all right, record attempt, record attempt. But when there's not a record attempt and it's someone just dominating, it's it's not as entertaining. You want to see people lose, come back, win again, and then you're like, oh, you got it wrong this time, right? Perfect. For yeah. Parody. On that same note, though, when there's parody but the people aren't – like they don't have the compelling stories like we did in the 100, it's also not that fun. I think of the men's 800 this year. True. Men's eight, was, yeah, was a very forgettable year for the men's eight hundred across the board, and it wasn't just because Brazier was hurt. It was just because no one really rose to the occasion, and there were a lot yeah. of, lot of not that fast times. The, the races weren't that interesting, and you did have a fair bit of parity when you look at the Diamond League winners. But there's something special about the hundred meter group right now that's interesting. I think a lot of it is because the the background of everybody's career, like Curly going from the 400 to the 100, Bromel resurrecting his career, Kenny Bednarik, like a Juco guy who was looking like a 2-4 guy. Now he's in the, now he's in the 100. You're looking at Gatlin. Hey, like how long is, is he going to last? Bracey, you know, is he going to be able to, I'm talking about for 2022, like, is he going to be able to, to run that 9-8 at the right time? All those guys, and then you go international and it, and it's even better. Coleman, like, coming back from the suspension. He goes at Lyles with the double, and can he get the 100 right? There's just something with every single athlete. I think the perfect scenario is what you had in the women's 100, which was there's some intrigue about who will win, and they're also running all-time marks, and there's also a rivalry yeah. attached. That's the 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 peak level of interest for me. Uh, or even like the Formula Hurdles. The problem is the Formula Hurdles, they didn't run that much, but you know there was General McLaughlin or Muhammad, Warhol or Benjamin, you generally didn't know, but you knew whatever it was was going to be amazing. That's the perfect scenario, just for my taste. But I know that that's rare. So yeah, given those two, I would I would opt for what we have right now. I think it's just an exciting era. So my biggest surprise of 2021 was a race in May of 2021, the West Coast Relays. We had an incredible early session. The more the men's 10K, we saw the NAU guys run fast times, qualify for the Olympic trials with those marks. Nico Young, like, rabbited 8K of a 10K. Ooh, that's 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 good. You know you're a good teammate when you're willing to rabbit 8,000 meters of a 10K. Um, so we had a great morning session because of the heat. But then that night, power went out, and it was a lights-out race where they had to line the race with people with their cell phones so they could see around the track, and uh, it was pretty wild. I mean, who would have thought that you would have uh, a race being basically only visible because of people with cell phones on the track? So you can see I, I right now the lights are on, but the lights go out at one point 
think we'll see. Are you only picking races for best of that were featured on Blood Tracker Mouse Split? Is that your strategy? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. So the reason why you see lights right now is because of cars. So we're looking at this track because people got their cars and turn on their car lights to light up the track. Oh, no. I think it's just kind of cool. See, people get their phone. I think it's kind of cool where this is like an elite NCAA. They're trying to get fast times to qualify. And they know this is their last chance because in a few weeks there's conferences. This is going to be slow races. And they knew that they had to get the race in. And they figured out, all right, we're doing it. We're going to turn on the car lights. We're going to get out the flashlights. And they ran fast times. Like these BYU guys, they went quick. Um, so that was my biggest surprise was a track meet with no lights. Tremendous. I can't top that. Before I move on, uh, All in the Game asked, do you see Knighton as a 1-2 or 2-4 guy? 2. 1-2. Just for perspective, he's run 10-1-6 in the 100, and he's run 47-48 in the 400. But don't – I mean, that 47-48 was from 2019 when he was 15 years old. But, yeah, 400 is really hard. It's like, it's, it's, it's hard when you're adding a second event, you don't want to be like, Hey, I'm going to pick an event where it's even more difficult, um, to compete in and to train. So I see him more as a, a one, two guy going forward. You know, if you're drawing the comparison to, to Lyles, that comparison makes even more sense. Cause Lyles, he established himself for the, the two and then came back and, and then started clicking off some, some good hundreds. I mean, he's tall. Every night he's a tall guy. Um, so a little boltish just in terms of size, not, not going to extend the comparison any farther than that, other than he has taken down some of his records, but I see one, two, I just say one, two, because it less, um, less of a training load. Um, I want to see more two, four runners. We just don't see a ton of two, four runners. And I think it's part of the reason is because once you run that, once you get that taste of the short sprints, it's like, that's a long way to go. Yep. All right, biggest breakthrough of 2021, Kevin. Who's your biggest breakthrough? All right, and you can define breakthroughs a lot of different ways because you can say, hey, this person wasn't even on our radar and then they made a team or this person wasn't even a favorite for a medal and then they got bronze. But the way I chose to define it was just somebody who just made a leap up in tears. And if you go back to the last time we had global championships before 2021, go back to 2019, this person made the U.S. final but didn't make the team and had a very promising future, and then they went from that to completely dominating the Olympic final. And I know there was that 2020 year in between, which we didn't see, but I'm talking about a Thingmo. I think a Thingmo, biggest breakthrough, because now, as I mentioned, it's not, hey, can anybody beat her? It's how fast can she run? Will she break the world record? Can she do the 4-8 double? She skipped over that whole step of struggling to get a medal and went to, okay, what can I do to challenge myself beyond getting a gold medal? So just the distance she traveled between those two years, if you think about it, is amazing and sort of baffling to think about. So I went with Mo. This should be a stat to look up. I'm not sure what if the stat exists anywhere. But how many people have won a global gold medal in their first senior global outdoor championship. Like typically when you go to your first yeah. worlds or your first Olympics, it's like a learning experience, right? And then you come back stronger 
the next one or for the Olympics. And then that's when he actually compete like at the higher level. But for her to do it like as a rookie, it's just like incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know my history that well, but I feel like it doesn't happen that often where first time at the world championship stage, they win gold. Like That doesn't happen that often. Right. Can you think of anyone off the top of your head who I won can't. gold their first their first global championship? I'm sure there's So are you counting indoors and outdoors? No. Just outdoor championship. So world championship Olympics. I don't know. Man, yeah. Statman John, Ken Nakamura, if you're listening, that's a good stat to look up. And maybe someone but, said it at the time, but that's yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty preposterous. Because you think about the people who were really good when they were young. Like Felix, but she wasn't stepping in and getting gold. Yeah. And for Thing Mo, it's not just, it's not just, or even Sydney McLaughlin. It's, it's not just the gold. It's yeah. just the complete and utter dominance of everybody else. And the fact that, hey, she's also good in the 400 too. So we could be looking at something we've only seen, you know, twice achieved in history by one man and one woman ever with a 400 and 800 double later on. It's crazy. So my breakthrough athlete. It's Christine and Boma. I remember watching her run the 400, and everyone's like, holy shit, she's ran 48 seconds. Watch out, Shawnee Miller Weibo. You may want to run the 200 because she's going to dominate the 400. Then World Athletics is like, not so fast. We don't want you in sport. You got to do something different. And she's like, all right, I will. I'll run the 200, and I'll run incredible, and I will challenge one of the greatest that's ever done it in – Elaine Thompson, hurrah, and uh, probably the best second-place finish you can have in any of the championships, I would argue, especially for what she had to do in last-minute change events. I mean, I you think about like when we're in high school and you're preparing to run the, the two-mile, and then coach says you have to run the four-by-four. Four, you're like, what? Oh, what's going on? And you can't handle that big change. She did this at the global level. It's like you're preparing your body for a quarter-mile, and then all of a sudden, he's like, no, you got to learn how to get a start down. And she has a horrible start because she never practiced it, right? And so I think the biggest breakthrough for me was Christina Boma's onto the stage in the 400 and ultimately, you know, adjusting and running well in the 200 and uh, kind of taking the world, taking the, the sport. What's the world by storm? Is that the phrase? Mm-hmm. Taking the world by storm? She took the world by storm. And I'm a big fan. I'm also. A big fan of uh, people in her situation who find ways to say "screw you" to, to uh, world. You can't stop me from competing um, in these events. Yeah, you think I'm going to suck at the 200? Not so fast. I'm going to run the fast 200. So, if you look at the, uh, I don't want to get too far into like previewing 2022 because this is a 2021 recap, but there's just some big stories in all of these women's sprint events next year. I mean, going through a thing, Mo, too. Like, going all the way up to 800, right? Like, there's no way the 100 is not interesting next year. There's no way the 200 is not interesting for the reasons you just mentioned. The 400 will be, I guess, because if Shawnee Miller-Weibo is just dominant, then all right. But And then you got Mo in the 800, chasing history. I guess sprints on both sides, men's and women's, foreign hurdles, everything. Yeah. What I'm saying, Gordon, is I'm excited about track and field in 2022. All right? There you go. I'm, I'm excited, excited too, man. It. We only got, right. what, 14 more days left of 2021? 
yeah, two weeks just fast forward left let's we can get into 2022 can we just skip so, skip that we lost the recording of this first show can we just lose the recording of 2021 and just move to 2022 uh best rivalry last one that we'll do today best rivalry uh i picked shakari richardson versus the the jamaican sprinters uh obviously this was one of the public's favorite stories throughout the year Shakari was very confident, gave those post-race interviews, which got a lot of people excited and energized. And then when she was suspended, missed the, or I remember, was it after Fraser Price ran the 1063, Richardson tweeted, basically, you're welcome, because I, I raised the game up. Then they, she misses the Olympics. So, and then pre-classic became this huge deal just because it was Richardson's return. and. We talked at the time about how rare it was that just a regular season track meet that was after the Olympics was garnering so much attention. She did the, the Nicki Minaj video about how she was back. Then she got beat. And then do you remember the post-race interview? Yeah. I saw it, I saw wow. it being memed. I saw it being memed the other day. And so I watched it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was really wild. And then you obviously you have Fraser Price walking into the background, given the look. Um I don't think they ever said anything directly by name did they would did it, it never got to that level um but it was just it was it was the main rivalry that i could think of throughout throughout the year and and we'll see what happens in in 2021 i mean credit to richardson she never really backed down and for the jamaican women they were they brought it they both had the fastest uh the fastest seasons of their career so we're both American, right? We're American company, American podcast, but our sports international. We have a lot of people who are international fans, and they they are they're probably Team Jamaica, right? Team uh, Elaine and and Shelly Ann, um, and I guess we de facto have to be Team Shakari because we're American. She's USA. If you're like, if you're like not associated that's not that's not true I, I i'm not i'm not picking based on 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 who's the country i mean what i don't i I'm mean just, you, you do i'm okay. here for the hold on i'm here hold, for the races hold on, hold on. you do cheer for america don't don't say that you can't say when you watch a race at the olympics american running you want that american to do well no not necessarily name okay the, i cheer for no. takes gordon i cheer for no, what no. you cheer for america. maybe the best it's no, okay. It's I don't. There's no cheering in the press box. We're not right down. We, we the weren't in the press box. We were in my in, apartment. In watching. <laughs> we watched the trials together. The trials. Okay, you're no. right. At the trials, I was rooting for the Americans. At the trials. Okay. Stop me. it. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say is there's people who are going to just ident not identify, but like just go towards like a Caribbean yeah, athlete, I'm, and there's sure. people who are going to go towards an American athlete. Right? I'm not saying. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm saying if I'm not you're. That yeah, if you're from Iceland, you have no skin in the game, right? Yeah. Iceland or what's like another country that doesn't really have much track and field going on. I don't know. Would you rather be to jump on board of the dominance of the two Jamaican runners and see be a cheer on them chasing history, yeah. right? Because they're, they're chasing the fastest of all time. Or would you rather be on the ride of Shikari? And be like, all right, she's not winning right now, yeah. but she's fun to be on that team. She may or may not, she may crash and burn, but I'll go down swinging. Like, 
If you're yeah. third party there, what rivalry would you want to be on the side of? That's true. I mean, that's a good question. So if you're from Iceland right now, uh, chime in in the comments or email flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Let Gordon know what side you're on. I do want to clarify because someone in the chat brought up, hey, it wasn't a rivalry in terms of competition. And that's right because they ran a lot faster. They got the medals. Yeah. What I mean by rivalry more is just the clear desire to beat one another. And you can say, yeah. oh, Kevin, that's track and field. Everybody in track and field wants to be the other person. Yes, but it's not as vocal. It's not as visible. It's not as apparent all the time because track is very nice. So that's what I mean by rivalry. If I'm picking just, hey, rivalry in terms of, you know, back and forth or competition or historic performances, yeah, you're going to look at Warholm and Benjamin. You're going to look at McLaughlin and, and Muhammad. And those are a rivalries in a different sense. This, I just meant it took on a level of just pure desire to beat one another because it transcended just that race. There were so many people invested in the outcome outside of the people participating more so than any other event in track this year. Even, even the DK Metcalf 100, which had people going, definitely had people going there. When it was football people versus track people. People are interested in that outcome as well. But Richardson and the Jamaicans was was where it was at in terms of the rivalry of the way I'm defining it. So my best rivalry, I can't say that word, like rival, rivalry of 2021 was Team USA's men's four by one versus practicing. Mm. Because yes. it was something that was very controversial because Team USA's four by one they don't want to practice. They don't want to figure this out. They just want to show up the day before, jog around the track, and then say our talent will win out. Well, it's not been working for the past 20 years and uh, continues to not work. And so forever we will have, will the USA men's 4 by one actually practice? It's a rivalry that's been going on for 20 years. It's been going on since I was, since your, before your childs were your children were even alive, Kevin. Uh, we've just never had a Team USA men's four by one that wanted to practice, and I don't think we ever will. Even in twenty twenty two, I don't think they're going to practice. Well, no one's I ever going to practice. We're never going to practice well, the four by one. It's the the Allen Iverson situation. Listen, I think they want to practice, and from what I've heard, all second hand, third hand. Well, no, the incentive, the structure is not in place for them to practice. I don't think they're completely anti-practice. Yeah. I just think you have a situation where multiple people are in charge, which means nobody's in charge. Multiple people have an agenda, which means there's no team agenda for what's going on. So the irony of this is, is when you drop the baton in the Usain Bolt, Johan Blake, Asafa Powell era, it didn't really matter. You were running for silver anyway. They yeah. didn't have the horses. Now they do. Now they do. And you just look at the best times of the year and you look at the list going in and it should be a walkover in the same way um, that the Jamaicans dominated before with their team. Less so because you don't have a 958 guy out there, but the depth should be overwhelming. So now is when they need to rack up the medals before another country catches up in terms of putting together four guys who can go sub 10, sub 995. Right? 
they have this advantage that they're all faster. You need to take advantage of that now by getting this technical component out of the way because you actually have room for error now. You're not going to if Jamaica has another resurgence or another country is able to pull together that many guys who can run that fast. But I think you're right. I think you're right. This is one to watch in 2022 again. Yeah, this, this is the age-old <laughs> battle. As much as you're speaking sense right now, this rivalry is very strong. They've dug in their heels, and they are lying in the sand. We will not practice. You know, we will only do a walkthrough 24 hours before the event, which yeah. is not how you – there's a – yeah. I mean, I honestly think we should just – I mean, I've said it before, like, you should select the 4 by one earlier it should be like known it should not be like who's in the four by one based off how you do at worlds no like in the world hundred team is team you shouldn't four by one should be known six months out four months out and then they have to practice once a month hell twice a month i bring up the world relays example from last year all the time because italy ran three of the four guys that they ran at the olympics in that world relays competition so they had an idea of who they were running maybe you say hey, it's more obvious because they have less depth yeah but that that doesn't mean you can't pick a team and i like the two the two ideas that we came up with was yeah just select four five six seven from trials that's your olympic four by one team sorry it's just the way we're doing it or your idea a month after trials or a couple weeks after trials have relay tryouts everybody can show up so if you are the number one runner, but then you're running it and you're signing something and you're you're putting your name out there that you're on the team, you're gonna run the prelim, you're gonna run the final. I don't all this stuff about oh, the two hundred was last night and then I had to come back. So it's the Olympics. Like what are we saving ourselves? Sometimes I just wonder with this stuff. Like I get load management during the season. I get not wanting to overrace during the season. I get it in other sports, I get it in track and field, right? I get why. Kevin Durant is going to sit the second night of a back-to-back -back maybe during the regular season. But you know what Kevin Durant does when the playoffs come around? He plays all 48 if he needs to because it's the playoffs. That's the whole point of everything you're doing. The Olympics, yeah. even more rare, once every four years. So all this stuff about, I had the 200 and then I came back in the 100. This is what it's all about. So if you're not going to do it, say at the beginning and then put somebody else on. And if you are going to do it, commit to it and see it all the way through. Well said. This rivalry will go down in the history books. <laughs> and it's going to continue to 2022. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. Like and subscribe, guys. Thanks yeah. for listening to our podcast and watching. Yeah, we'll be back Monday. We'll do maybe some Athlete of the Year. Although we always talk about the Athlete of the Year throughout the year. So, I don't know how interesting that is. But we'll do another few categories. And if there's any news over the weekend, we'll, of course, discuss that. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to the select group of maybe 20 30 people who got to hear the open twice i guess you're going down in history hell yeah it's a rare group it's a rare <laughs> group a few in the proud uh, have a great weekend we'll talk to you guys on monday